Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. You know what? I was thinking about something tonight. I wonder if you guys really feel like you know me. You know what I mean? Like, what does it mean to really know somebody? There's a lot of ways that you can, you can gauge whether or not you know someone. Like, yeah, I know their first name. I know their last name. Uh, I know what kind of pizza they like. You know? You guys ever thought about that? Like, how, how are you sure that you know your friends? How can you have confidence that you know your friends? Think about that for a minute. Chances are you are sitting next to someone, at least one person that you might consider your friend. All right? So I want you to tell that person right now one reason why you know that you know them. I know you because. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I get to pick on someone. It's going to be Sam. All right. Sam. Yep, sorry, the hat stuck out, bro. There's like three hats in the room. How do you know that, I'm not, I'm not going to pick on Colton, I'm going to pick on Jack. How do you know that you know Jack? <laughs> he goes, should I say what he told me? Jack was like, no, 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 don't say that. How do you know that you know Jack? Ah, because, okay. He goes, he goes, we share a locker room together. I know Jack. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's find, let's see. Ooh, here we go. Taylor Hageman. How do you know that you know Janae? Sports, because you've done life together, right? You know, we've been going through this really series, this, this, uh, this series uh, talking about the origins of life, the beginning of time, uh, the beginning of Scripture, and it's, it's been a process, you guys, of God revealing Himself to us. Uh, it started with the origin of life at the creation story that all life began with God and all life is going to return to God uh, someday. And then it moved on to the fact that we are created in God's image. You remember that? We talked about being created in God's image. And then remember we talked about sin. We talked about God letting, letting free will. Like he let us out, gave us free will, and we chose to bring this sin into the world. If you remember, we used the locker as an illustration. And um, this past week, we talked about the flood. We talked about how just God is. And if you guys have ever been in a situation, if you remember this, where you've looked at something and you've gone, that is not right. I can't stand for things like that to happen. When people are being hurt, when I hear about uh, slavery, when I hear about injustice, your spirit just gets angry and you start going, that isn't right. I'm not, I can't stand for that. That's because you're made in God's image and, and God is a just God. He saw the corruption that had come into the world and man, judgment came and he destroyed all of creation. We talked about the flood. And this week, we're talking about this weird tower, this Tower of Babel. It's in Genesis chapter 11, and I'm going to give you a brief history of this, but I'm going to spend more time this morning talking about the mindset that the people had around this tower that makes this tower important to you, okay? So these people uh, were God's people, and, and God had been revealing himself to them, saying, look, 
I want to be your God. This is me. These are my characteristics. I'm a loving God. I care about you. I want to be your God. You should want to be my people, but I'm not going to force you to be my people. You get free will. And after this flood, they started, they built this tower. And here's what's dysfunctional about these towers. This tower was a pagan place of worship. They had modeled the structure and what happened with this tower based on what all these other people around them were doing to worship pagan gods. So to put it in your shoes, if you guys were a part of this culture, you would have this little tower that was dedicated to your schoolwork. You would have this other little tower that was dedicated to your school sports. You'd have another tower that was dedicated to your relationships. You'd have another tower that was dedicated to your job. And then you'd have another tower that was dedicated to your social media. And what you would do is this. If you wanted some God to come bless you, you would make sure that you had sacrificed appropriately to the appropriate tower if I don't have a boyfriend and I need a boyfriend, so I need to go sacrifice this tower so that the, the God of boyfriends will come down and dwell amongst me and bring me a boyfriend. And so you would make sure that this God was pleased and make sure that this would happen. So God's people had actually started to do this with creator God. And here's the difference. All of these other gods were nothing. They're just man-made thoughts, man-made images, man-made concepts Creator God was the, the originator of life. He existed before creation. He will exist long after creation. And they thought they were going to humanize God. And this is what happened. God walked in and goes, you don't know me. Are you kidding me? You're going to minimize me to think that you can have some kind of influence on who I am. It's like, you don't even know me. I thought, I thought I had been revealing myself to you. Because the mistake that, that those people have made is they thought that they could shift God's power to these other areas, like they could manipulate it, like if they sacrificed at the tower at the right time, they could manipulate God to do something. They incorrectly thought that they could shift his power. They also thought that they could they thought for some reason, think about this for a minute. This is difficult, you guys, because I know that everyone says that you guys are snowflakes and you're perfect and you never do anything wrong, but guess what? God sees your Twitter and Snap feed. He knows what's wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, you should feel uncomfortable, right? God sees those things. He knows you're not perfect. And guess what? God doesn't need me. And guess what? God doesn't need you. No matter how perfect you think you are, God doesn't need you. Now, don't get me wrong. God, God wants you. God desires you. God wants, like, intimacy with you. He wants you to walk with him. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to dwell inside of you, which might be super confusing for you to understand right now. But we'll get to that in a minute. But he doesn't need us. There's nothing that you can do to manipulate God. Now, I know that this is a mindset that you guys might have as students at times. You might go, man, I go, to, I go to church every Sunday. I go to Element every Wednesday. Why can't I just get those jeans? Why do bad things keep happening to me, God? I thought I was doing what you wanted me to do, God. Why does, why does this keep happening to me? Why, do, why is this present in my world? Why do I keep dealing with this? 
I thought that was part of the deal. I do what you say, and then you make my life like a cakewalk. That's not the case. Remember, we talked about sin entering the world. Unfortunately, you and I, we get to deal with the fact that sin exists in this world. So because sin exists, you and I, we get to deal with death. You and I, we get to deal with disappointment. Guess what? We get to deal with cancer. We get to deal with frustration. We get to deal with with friends that lie to us because sin came into the world, because humans chose that. That has nothing to do with God. That has nothing to do with who God is. We We can't manipulate God to do one thing or another. He operates apart from us. He doesn't need us, but he desires oneness with us. The last thing that these these people at Babel, the mistake that they made is they, they thought that they could regulate God's power. They thought that they could like go, God, I I want you here for this part of my life, but I don't want you here. I, I want you in this aspect that I can't control, but when it comes to this part, I've got complete control of this, God, so, so don't, don't worry about handling any of that. And so what happens is it's, it's much like a, uh, I use this illustration on Sunday, and I think this will connect with you, okay? It's like you have power that's coming into your house. Um, you guys know how you plug your phone chargers into a wall, and it charges your phone? That power comes from somewhere. It's not just magical. Uh, Sam, if you plug a, a power strip into itself, that's not infinite power. Okay? Just so you know, that's not infinite power. Cole, that's not infinite power, bro. That doesn't work that way. That power comes from somewhere, right? The power comes from a massive wire that comes into your house. It comes into this box like this, and there's switches that if your parents went in and they wanted to cut the power off to a room, they could. They could go, you know what? Uh, I'm sick of him being on his devices and his TV in his room. No more power in the room. He could just shut it off. Done. Okay? Um, But it doesn't make sense to do that, right? If you have power coming into the house, you want power to go everywhere. But we do that with God's presence. We invite God in into these areas, students, that we don't have control over. We go, God, I want you for my salvation. But don't ask me about my habits on Friday and Saturday nights. Those are mine. God, God I'm, I'm willing to give you Wednesday nights from 7 o'clock until 8.30. I'll know all the right answers to give. I'll be able to smile at the right, right times. I know the names of the right adult leaders. But guess what? Once I get home, the rest of that week, that's mine. Don't touch that. God, I need your help with this, but don't touch this part of my life. Students, we can't regulate where we give God access. All of this, all of these mindsets that they had at Babel are simply evidence that we do not understand. They did not understand who God was. They did not understand why God stepped out of eternity and into our world. They didn't understand that. And I don't think it's so far to think that we don't understand that either, right? 
If you've ever fallen victim of thinking that God owes you something or you're trying to keep God out of one aspect of your life, you're, you're listening to a lie. You're listening to a lie because Scripture says that God already knows you and God demands all of your life. God is present in creation. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, in, begin, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. It goes on to say that all of creation came to exist through the Word and the Word was Jesus. God has been in the process of showing himself to you and showing himself to me. The question is, are you allowing him access to your world? Now, most of you guys have cell phones in your pocket, am I right? Something that, something that I'm not sure how I feel about, something that I'm not sure how I feel about uh, when it came out is the idea of these passcodes to get into your cell phones. Because what the passcodes did, it created, it did create privacy. But what came with that privacy was secrecy. And we, and we took that secrecy and we started to hide parts of our lives and parts of who we are. And I started to think about that if, if I offered you, if, uh, let's see, let's see, who can I bug with this? All right, come here, Gary, give me your cell phone. Yeah, he's nervous now. His palms start us here. Here, just hand it to hand it to Colin. He'll hand it to me. He won't break it. Oh, come here. I need a passcode, right? No, and he's not gonna. <laughs> yeah, just shout it. But I'm gonna watch. See it? Oh, he used his thumb. Ooh, tricky, tricky passcode. Tricky. Pa Everybody has tricky passcodes. I'm not gonna tell anybody what it was. So I, I've thought as I've looked at Garrett, I'll give it back to you, you can go sit down. Are you nervous now? I thought about this, that if I wanted to get to know Garrett Dunning based on what I have in my hand right now, Parker and I were talking about this today while we're running. I think there's three places I would go. The first place I would go would be uh, iMessage. Like if I had to pick three apps that I could open, I would open iMessage. This would tell me who you're talking to and what you're talking about, am I right? Um... The next thing that I would do is I would open your photos uh, because what your photos would tell me is probably who the important people are in your life, um, moments that you thought were like, like beautiful enough to capture with an image, right? And moments that were special to you. So I'd learn a lot about you from that, right? And then the third place that I would go would be Safari. I would open up Safari and I would want to know uh, what you're putting into your, uh, what you're learning and what you're putting into your mind and what you're taking from the World Wide Web. I think if I did those three things, I could get a pretty accurate picture of who you were, who you were, who you are. It's not like you're still here, who you are. Yeah. Um, so, so what we've done, students, what I'm talking about, what we do with God is we restrict his access. It's like we're the cell phone yeah, I turned it off. Yeah, I was worried I was showing you guys something on Garrett's phone. She started pointing and talking. It's like we're the cell phone, and we limit the amount of access that we allow God to have to our lives. Think about that for a minute. We think, we think that we can tell God that he can have pieces of us, but not whole pieces. 
And so we go, God, here, I give you my cell phone. Here, you can give that back to Garrett. Thanks for trusting me with that, Garrett. Were you worried I was going to embarrass you? Good. Trust me. I could probably put my thumbprint on your phone and you would allow me to do that. Um, we think that we've given God our lives, but it's like we restrict access. And I think that's a major thing that, that young people, you are, you are guilty of doing. And, and the people at Babel were buying into a lie that they could humanize God and that God was less of a God than he truly was. And I have a concern, students, that you're buying into lies that are potentially destroying your world and reducing God into thinking that he is less than he actually is. Some of you think that he's just a God that is looking to crush your world and he's a mean policeman. That's a lie. Some of you think that, that God is just like a, a, a vending machine where if you put enough quarters in, you'll get what you want. You guys, that's a lie. Our God that we worship, that we serve, that we desire to give all of our hearts, all of our lives to, that I've desired to do that with my life is an all-consuming God. When I, choose to, when I chose to unite my life with Christ, when you choose to unite your life with Christ, you are choosing to allow the God of creation to dwell inside of every part of who you are. There is no part of you that is a secret. To think that you're hiding things from God, you are choosing a lie. He knows it. Everything that you think that you have hidden, you're choosing that lie. And God is saying, look, I already know you. Not only do I know what you've done last weekend and the weekend before and the weekend before that and last year, I know what's going to happen in the next 50 years in your life. And guess what? I still choose you. So we're going to go into a moment of worship tonight still. And I've got a few more things that I want to challenge you with. But I want you to dwell on this right now. Are you struggling with that mindset that you're reducing God, you're making him, him out to be something less than what he truly is? Or are you exchanging the truth of a mighty God for a lie of something lesser? Let's worship together some more. And then we're going to witness some baptisms. We're going to celebrate that. And I'm going to challenge you with one more thing. And I just want you guys to be ready and willing and open to hear what I'm going to have to say when I come back out. God, God, understanding who you are is simple and difficult all at the same time. It is simple because you are simply God. You're at the beginning and everything comes from you and all things that are good come from you. But Father, it's difficult at times because we struggle with why would you want 
to love people like us. Well, Father, it's difficult because we have tough questions about why, why we have to experience some level of pain, God, in this world, in this creation. Lord, I pray that you would help us to not have a mind like those people at the Tower of Babel. We should never reduce you to something less than what you truly are. And what you are is powerful and you are our savior. We worship you, God. Amen. I want you to think about the, the, the lies that you choose to believe about God and the lies that you choose to believe about yourself. Romans chapter 1 says this. Paul's talking about all these issues that, that these people in Rome are struggling with. And he says, you know what? They were, they were, they were uh, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him or gave thanks for him. But their thinking, their thinking became futile. Their foolish, foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. And so they, they exchanged the holy God, creator God, for something in creation. They chose that to worship. So here's what happened. God said, you know what? He gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts. He said, you know what? If you're going to worship that stuff, have at it. I'll let you do it. Free will. It's yours. And they exchanged, it says this, it says, the sinful desires of their hearts, they, they went to sexual impurity and for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised, amen. So this is, this is what you students, you've got to consider tonight. What lie are you believing about God, or is there a lie that you're believing about yourself that you need to allow God to speak into? I, I think about this. I think about um, whether or not you students think that your identity is tied to your ability to be a part of a team, a part of a club, a part of a, a, a social friend group, and you allow that to become your identity. I know that's real, and I know that that pressure is tough. I know the pressure, ladies, guys. When it comes to sex and friendship and relationship and all of that, I know that that pressure is real. And we exchange the truth that God is the one that gives us identity and God is the one that gives us hope and God is the one that defines who we are. We exchange that and instead we listen to what your society has told you you should be defined by. So instead of going, I know that I'm a child of God. I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I've been created to worship God. Instead, society tells us that we should be pursuing pleasure that whatever feels good, or we should pursue pleasure of what feels right in the moment, or we should be looking out for ourselves instead of holding on to to the truth of what God says. And that is when scripture says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. That is exactly what's happening. And listen, some of you have got to repent, which means change the way you're living. 
Some of you need to align your lives with Christ. Some of you, it's gonna, it, maybe it should be tonight. We've got two students that are doing that tonight, and guess what? The, the baptistry will be full all evening if you were to walk into that water with, with your adult leaders. If you're like, man, I'm ready to surrender. I'm done. I'm tired of letting the people around me define who I am. I'm tired of listening to that lie. I'm ready to grasp on to the truth of who God says that I am. Because that same God that spoke in John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word is with God, the Word was God. Later on in John 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but you would have eternal life. Listen to the truth that is in there, in that verse. For God so loved the world. That means you are loved. You are loved by a creator God, and that love is not determined by anything that you do. Nothing. You know your friendships, your relationships, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, that love is conditional. God's love is not conditional. The moment that you make that friend mad, you make that boyfriend mad, that girlfriend mad, they're going to cut it and they're done. God's love is unconditional. It is not tied to anything that you do. He chose you. And you didn't even deserve it. I didn't even deserve it. And he chose me. He's choosing these students tonight. So students, I'm just asking, I'm not, I'm not asking you to do something ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, look, God is saying, exchange the lie that you're believing for the truth of who I am. And it also says that God came into this world not to condemn you, but to save you. And I'm telling you, I want to let that God define who I am. I'm not going to let any part of these people that I go to school with or what I watch on television or what I read online to define me. I'm going to let that God that was willing to sacrifice for me and love me unconditionally, I'm hanging on to that truth. I'm hanging on to that truth. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.